Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back, everyone. It's another fine edition of Dr. Homebrew. I almost said ears up, which is, this is not a Disney podcast. This is a homebrew podcast. I don't know. It's getting late. That's a little crossover most people here are probably not aware of. That's probably, you're probably right. It might uh-huh. be for the best. All right, <laughs> edit this part out. Yeah. We've gotten this far in the song here. This uh, this is a part of the Dr. Homebrew intro song I haven't heard, I don't think. Yeah. That's pretty great because it just repeats. We're trying to stretch for time, aren't we? Yeah, we are. No, I had to log into the the chat room on my other computer because the current computer... That we're using does not uh, does not allow for such a, a you know a technological advancement. You're a multitasking bitch. You can like man six computers at the same time. Not really. Well, I mean, I guess I can, but uh, you know, I was just, that's the beauty of having such a long uh, a long song intro, man, or a long show intro. You just you just go gives you time to do stuff that you haven't done yet. Anyway, this is Doctor Homebrew, and uh, you know, thanks a lot for spending your next hour of your life with us. Uh, we're here to talk some beer. More importantly, we're here to talk homebrew. And uh, none of it would be possible without our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com, check them out. Uh, they are the ones who bring you Dr. Homebrew exclusively. They are the, the uh, show sponsor, and we love them for it. Uh, you can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Uh, everyone knows Five Star, PBW, Star San, uh, basically the one-two punch that you need to properly clean and then sanitize your uh, your home brewing equipment, your fermentation equipment, more importantly, your kegging equipment, everything you, you can ever imagine to produce great homebrew. Uh, because let's face it, you, you work hard for your homebrew. And, uh, you know, what you don't want is uh, a bunch of schmuck and schmeg uh, laying around your, uh, your fermenter lid or, you know, in the crook of your racking cane or whatever. Uh, Five Star Chemicals helps you get all that stuff out. And more importantly, maybe, if you come on the show, if you come on Dr. Homebrew, uh, you get a little prize pack from Five Star. People at Five Star are real good to us. They're real good to homebrewers, and uh, we love them for it. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Prize pack of Schmutz Elimination Chemicals. Yeah, it's a de-schmutzer. That's what you want. That's right. And you, they, the, it comes with good instructions, too. Like, if you actually pay attention to that stuff instead of just blindly doing what you've always done, like, just like, I'll oh, put a little PBW in the bottom of my kettle and clean it. And then, like, well, ah, there's still some beer stone. I didn't, I didn't quite get it all. But then it's like, you read the back, it's like, for difficult to remove beer stone, you know, leave it overnight at a mixture of such and such. And it's like, oh, you know, I did that and actually worked perfectly. <laughs> Kettle's like sparkling, shiningly clean. 
Which I feel which, like doesn't happen these days yeah. anymore. I don't normally yeah. care about it too much because it's just the kettle. But. I think Brian is the one in a million who actually read the directions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I mean. Nobody reads directions anymore. No, like uh, things don't work the way they're supposed to anymore, I feel. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just no one me. can write direction manuals. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> maybe that's better for the other show. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who what, knows? the Disney show? Right. Yeah. Manuals up. Maybe. Manuals up. That's all we got to do. Uh, if you haven't heard Dr. Homebrew before and are a little bit interested, uh, what we are is an interactive BJCP score sheet. So we have Brian and we have Lee here, which are two uh, master BJCP judges. The uh, beer judge you certification that. program. He, he used like the third third person there. Is that or did he? Inter- <laughs> he didn't say who are he. Which are which are like we're like we're machines. We're robots or, or for your brute. Right? You're judging pleasure. Sure. We're, not, we're not actual living people. No, actually, did, we're just recordings. JP just overdubs this with himself. Is recording. there yeah. is yeah. there a, a point where you thought that you were going to be treated like a, a human? Because we're like the beer well, judge equivalent no. of Watson no. here. Yeah. Like, but I, I have this amazingly good illusion of my pre-existence before the show. <laughs> yeah, and then and then now I did what? A good job with the memory implants here. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's you know libertarian free will. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Get it all out. Just let it go. Get all the poison out. <laughs> Lee was on his deathbed last week, yeah. so forgive him. Uh, he's only done radio for a year and now a half, back, and he still yeah. coughs in the microphone. So he's still learning. You know, he's a neophyte for this whole this whole thing. But uh, he's a real smart beer guy is what he is. And so these two cats sit down here and they taste your beer and they fill out sheets. And then we have you on the show and then oh, we go cats. over we go over the things. And, uh, you know, it's great. Are you guys done? Are you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to intro the show. Exactly. You guys are you guys are cross talking right now. I don't oh, have to ban that? you. I will. I will, we're, we're just, I will put you on timeout for 30 seconds. We're just that's true. Is that what you guys are doing? Yes. Uh, anyway, so if you want to be on this lovely train wreck that is Dr. Homebrew, uh, shoot me an email, jp at com, and we will get you on, and uh, you can have your chance to uh, get your five-star price pack. We also have uh, stuff from High Gravity Homebrew to give away. We also have stuff from Grog Tag to give away. Uh, we just give stuff away, man. We just hand it out all the time. Uh, what beers do we have today, guys? We have a... We have a, an ESB, Extra Special Bitter. Yeah. Extra Special Bitter. And I believe the other one is an orange wheat, Ooh. which was, I think we figured is probably an American-style wheat. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, did, it didn't okay. say Hefe or anything like that, so that's where we pegged it. That is uh, from Chris, and Chris is on the phone. Do you just want to get, let's just get going, huh? Let's get going. What sure. do you think? Yeah. All right, let's see if I can do this right. I can never do this stupid phone. Push the button. There's a blinking red light, I and think. Chris. Chris, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. here. Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, you got a you got a beer with you? I sure do. I got my last cranberry beer that I sent in for you guys to be tasting the thing tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, we went with the uh, the orange wheat for some okay. reason. Yeah, so um, you know, sorry for your last cranberry beer. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Is it good? Yeah, it is. You Excellent. Know. Enjoy that. Yeah, I'll talk about that's the other one. We can do that next month. And then uh, cool. you know, and then you won't be able to sit. And then you'll drink your last orange wheat beer, and it'll be just you know. It'll be everything will be right with the world. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, how long have you been home brewing, man? Uh, about two years in May. Okay, and are you uh, mostly uh, all grain, or are you still extract, or what are you doing? All grain. You and all grain. How long have you been doing all grain for? Uh, after my third batch. Okay. This is this is your third batch. Oh no no. Oh. Uh, oh, after your third batch of extract. Yeah. Oh God, look at you, dude. Nice. 
yeah. just, just went right for it. Yeah, uh, well, I got that chubby uh, pavilion uh, joy of homebrew. Uh-huh. And uh, just got a couple buckets and did the whole pat that thing for a minute or two. Okay. All right. And then uh, did anyone help you with that or just the book and then that's kind of it? Are you, do you have a, a brewing partner that limped you along or what? No, no, just me. Uh, just me. Okay. All right. Well, uh, hey, I appreciate you uh, you sending your beer in, man. And uh, let's pour some of this, fellas. All right. Good Good sweet. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited um, about this. Actually, we need more glasses. Oh. Perfect. A little hiss. Oh wow, that's a good color. This is a very pretty beer. Yeah. It's like a uh, amber, but there's an orange. There's a nice orange hue to it. Yeah. yeah. Throw me one of those glasses, would you guys? I'll just hand it if that's okay. Oh wow, that's good aroma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you you uh, sending both beers in, man. If uh, if the cranberry wit t- uh, smells anything like this orange wheat beer, I think we're in it for a treat. Oh yeah, that cranberry is really really good. Uh, Brian, start us off. Hi. Would you mind? <clears throat> I certainly will. Thank you. The um, so in the aroma, I get this uh, you know a nice uh, cranium malt character coming through with some some weedy elements as expected. You get a little bit of that base style in there uh, with the orange, and uh, yeah, the orange is very prominent, pleasant, smooth, and um, fairly fresh smelling, but um, you know not not too intense in the aroma. It's kind of uh, along with the base style. It's kind of um, well, not exactly unassuming, but it's kind of just there with the other elements. And there's no uh, bad stuff in the way here, no DMS or diacetyl, uh, no um, no big problems on the ferment, uh, clean ale. The uh, I didn't get a lot of any any real hop character in here. There's there are no obvious hops in it. Uh, the esters, fruity, fruity esters, are kind of medium low in there, along with the orange. And um, you know, just a pleasant, inviting aroma to the beer. Uh, color-wise, it's yeah, it's 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 pretty beer. Uh, nice <laughs> burnished gold color with brilliant clarity. Has a low white head that kind of uh, you know starts low and and doesn't persist very well. We found that the carbonation in the beer seemed to be a little bit on the low side too in this bottle at least. And I don't know if it was bottled from keg or if this was a bottle-conditioned beer. We can chat with uh, with you about that, but. Um, I thought it also, you know, could be something to do with the fruit oils, uh, or maybe some excessive protein breakdown that the head kind of just faded pretty quickly. But it's it's forgivable in a in a beer like this, I suppose. Um, as far as the flavor goes, you get into that, and um, you know, it tastes a little different than the aroma that comes through. You definitely think it's going to taste one way, and then it kind of throws you a little bit of a curveball on the flavor. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's strongly malty, and it it comes across as being almost a bit wordy but um, it might be because of the the low carbonation in this sample um but it's a clean malt character and it's not offensive it's just a little kind of on the sweeter side and word wordy so along t- with the orange oil character that's in there it, so it might taste a little un- under fermented but you don't think do you think it is actually unfermented it might have or you know stopped it may at have higher... finished on the higher side it's hard okay. it's hard to say but yeah it kind of finishes kind of medium Leaning towards sweet, along with all the the sweetness, the perceived sweetness that you get from the the orange character that's in there. So, you know, the malt character to me, because of this, is not as refreshing as I would expect it to be. 
but uh, it's still pretty good. There's there's no big hop flavors, kind of just a low earthiness in the background. But uh, the orange is definitely there. It comes through, across as being a bit kind of um, pithy and rindy tasting, more the kind of darker flavors of the orange rather than the bright, sharp, you know, sour ed- edge of a citrusy, uh, you know, orangina kind of flavor. It doesn't really have a lot of that kind of thing. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's it's not a, a kitty soda pop. It's a, you know, it's a rich orange oil kind of uh, flavor in there for the fruit. And it's, it's hiding behind a pretty... Uh, Pretty firm bitterness in there, maybe a little high for the style, I thought. But um, and you know, the, in the aftertaste, you got to get this pulpy, fruity, malty, uh, you know, um, flavors kind of melding together. But again, no major issues like uh, fermentation-wise I, that I noted in the uh, the flavor profile. It's pretty clean beer. Mouthfeel: It's uh, medium-bodied with a medium-low to low carbonation. There's not a whole lot of spritz there. Uh, I didn't get any warmth and uh, only a slight bit of astringency, maybe from the kind of pithy uh, fruit character that's in there. And it's not very creamy uh, or smooth. It's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of a dense beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not super full body. It's just, there's, yeah, without the carbonation there to, to, to pep it up a little bit, it, it kind of falls a little flat in the mouthfeel, but, but not, again, not horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an overall pleasant drinking beer with a, a lot going for it. Very nice aroma, including that uh, that dose of the, the declared orange there. Um, it kind of gets muddled with some of the other elements in the flavor and that kind of pulpy element. That might have been too what was being, hmm. trying to be pulled out of the flavor. Um, and I, you know, I'd love to talk about what the fruit addition uh, method was. You know, there's there's different ways to to add it and different things. From the fruit that you can add, and you know the peel, the rind, the the juice, and and you can go with different ratios of all those things, or you can use extracts and flavoring components. I don't know, you know, what was done here, but we'll definitely spend a lot of time talking about that. I hope um, you want to avoid over bittering a style like this to to make sure that it's not going to uh, fight with the, the 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 fruit flavor that's in there. Work on keeping that refreshing character of the wheat beer coming through in the flavor as well as the aroma. You did a nice job in the aroma. Yeah, giving a really inviting beer. But uh, I'd also like to talk about what malts were used in the beer, and if it's if it's something beyond just you know wheat and base malt. Uh, you know, it's, it's got a fairly dark color. I don't know if it's all coming from the orange, but you know, it's got this kind of rich golden color, almost dark gold, and uh, again, very pretty color, just this deep burnished orangey gold. Um, but yeah, I don't know where all that color is coming from, so. If it was something besides just the wheat and the base malt, uh, you know, would like to see what's in it, and uh, maybe you could dial back some of those richer malts if that's where it's coming from. Overall, I thought it was a really nice beer. I gave it a thirty-two, and uh, yeah, very tasty. Thanks for sharing. Excellent, Lee, Mister Lee. All right, um, I thought I found the nose in this just full of sort of almost a sun-kissed aroma, sweet orange rind, uh, some oh. floral notes. Brand-specific. Like Brand-specific, nice. right? Like they do support us, right? Sponsor, sure. Yeah. They are now. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wrong, wrong. Yeah, they are now. Yeah, <laughs> just just, just sweet orange rind. It wasn't the, the Kurtau or anything like that. Um, very floral and perfumey, and that really kind of dominated the nose. There's a little bit of some sort of caramely malt aroma and some bready kind of wheat aroma in there, but not a whole lot. Nothing I could really identify as any kind of ferment ester or hop in the nose, and that's fine. It was all about the orange oil and pretty dominant. <coughs> 
the appearance appearance I would give it it was brilliant it was very clear sort of a pale copper color um not much head it pours a low off-white head it kind of fades to a bead very quickly i'm kind of guessing that's from the orange oil that's in there but i don't know a classically an american wheat should have a pretty nice rich big moosey persistent head um but you know if this is full of orange oil it's not going to be there I, I understand that so i'm kind of cutting it some slack on that i think that's probably fine um the flavor again strong leading orange oil character perfumey orangey a little bit of caramely white bread kind of malt flavor under that Hops seem to be pretty much out of the picture. Uh, couldn't really get any distinct ferment esters aside from all the orange character, which is pretty much what I would expect here. Um, bitter to support. I didn't think you, I didn't find it to be particularly over bittered or anything. But one thing I do know is that the, a lot of that orange oil, orange rind character can be pretty bitter in its own right. So it's something you got to balance out when you're making your recipe. That could be right. true. It's, yeah. it's gonna, along with the hops, it's going to provide a pretty good bitter character. So you would you would factor that into your into your bitterness My but yeah. under hop it. well, it's do you not you like you can that? calculate an ibu on that you're, right? you're gonna have to take a best guess and and go with what you get yeah you know if anything i'd shoot low on the hops and if it, if it tastes a little bit too sweet you can always boil up a little bitter hop tea or something and throw it in but okay at know, least on the early hops yeah. yeah or it's something you might have to brew a few times to get the balance right okay um finish is just a little bit sweet um, with lingering perfumey orange and a little bit of the caramely, bit a bit of a bready hint to it. It's pretty nice flavor balance overall. It's it's really all about the oranges again, though the orange oil, the the perfumey character of that, which is very nice. It's also very strong though, um, which is is to the point. Um, which is actually my, my main point of interest in this beer. As a matter of balance, I find the orange character, while it's pleasant, it's maybe a little overbearing for the beer for the rest of the beer itself. We'll get to that more on that in a minute. Um, for the mouthfeel, I thought it was uh, pretty low carbonation. Needs some more carbonation. And I mean, taking a close look at these bottles, they look to me like they're probably a bottle fill. So it's probably a bottle filling approach issue. Um, other than that, it's sort of a medium body, not hot or astringent. A little bit of creaminess in there was very like. It'd probably be uh, better on that front if it had some more carbonation to it to help drive that. Hmm. Overall, I thought it was an interesting and very tasty display of orange oil, orange rind character. A little bit of a supporting American wheat beer. Very nice orange character, perfumey orange rind. But um, as a matter of balance, I think the base beer in this is serving merely as a vehicle. Hmm. So okay. it's, it's sort of a matter of what the brewer wants. If you want to drink this and you like it like this and your friends like it like this, and actually I kind of like it like this, yeah. uh, you know, go for it. You've got it. If, if you want to enter a comp competition and score well in it, you might want to shoot for a little bit more balance and have the base beer shine through a little bit more. Because in a competition, mm, the judges okay. are going to be looking for some balance between the base beer and the specialty edition. And the specialty edition here, to me anyways, you're really pushing it on that front. It's, it's almost all orange, and you kind of got to look twice to get the base beer. If you're not looking for it, you probably won't find it. Yeah, it could be a, an amber or anything, like, or even a pale ale. I mean, cause it, yeah. So even though it's, it's an orange wheat beer, you want it to be a wheat beer first. Well, with no, orange flavoring it has to be or a wheat beer too, not sort of oh okay. yeah, there's a wheat beer, or actually it's more like oh yeah, there's a beer here. Um, okay, it's it's really all orange and no beer. You have yeah. to kind of look 
pull up, lift up the orange hood and look for the beer. I'm, I don't right. know how many stupid metaphors I can come up with here. You did probably fine. a few more if we need to. Um, but for me, that's that's the whole thing. And, and bring okay. the carbonation up a little bit on this. It probably help it a lot, and it might help drive the base beer character more. I do think it will also drive the orange oil a lot more, though. Um, as far as, yeah, I'm curious to hear how you added the orange flavors and everything in here. I'm betting it's a lot of oil rind addition. I don't get much of a juice pulp kind of flavor. There's a little no. bit here, but yeah. um, I, overall, overall, I gave it 32. I thought it was pretty drinkable. Um, in some ways, I like it more than that score would suggest. It's, it's a very interesting, very pleasant taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think technically on that balance point, it kind of, it, it, the wheat beer is lost under all that orange. So I, I think... Um, to score better, you might want a better balanced beer on that regard. Okay. Uh, Chris, well, you want to uh, rap a little bit about uh, you know how you added this orange flavoring in your beer? Um, yeah. I had uh, two of those little um, cutie orange things, you know, like little tiny ones to give to your kids. Little yeah. clementines yeah. bags. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bags of clementines, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that flame out, I just peeled like two and threw them all in, like Blows the juice out of the thing, threw it in the bo- like pot and oh, wow. wine too. Everything. Two two bagfuls or uh, just two clementines? No, just two, mm-hmm. just two clementines. Into how big a batch? <laughs> Five gallons. Wow! Really? Those little, little things oranges. did that? Yeah. You're kidding? Huh. No. That's crazy. Uh, now I did also add. Um, Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the five quart tin tincture. of orange oil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah orange extract. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, essentially. I, I zested a couple of oranges and put them in some uh, vodka for a couple of days and then added that at keg time. Cause you know, it was it, just all that okay. piss and it didn't, have, um, it didn't have any orange. Like, it was just all piss character and nothing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you wanted some fresh zest in there. You know, yeah. and, and smelling it, it, it smelled really hot to me. And uh, But I didn't mention it because I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm smelling. Uh, but it might be these stupid tasting glasses that we have at the mm. studio, like the the four-ounce Belgian tulip the glasses. The little brandy sniffers. <laughs> yeah, and, it's just, and it, it hyper-focuses a lot of it. So I kind of wrote it off, but, it, I mean, it makes sense. It smells a little boozy, right? Like Like vodka booze. Maybe I, I mostly just got orange oil. But yeah, know, there's adding, a little alcohol. If adding that much, you know, a little shot glass, it did of, end up at about seven point three percent. There's some okay. alcohol there. Well, yeah. That explains the grins around the table. It's pretty wow. smooth for that for that level. Yeah, it doesn't. It Babe, doesn't. Do you want some of it? You might like this a lot, actually. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's I don't think she. Oh, she probably heard, but it's like seven and a, it's like twelve hundred percent alcohol. You can basically run your car on it, and it's amazing. Orange Everclear. Uh, and make the neighborhood smell good. So what did you do for the tincture? Because I know a lot of people are kind of getting into that, so uh, you know, maybe, maybe a little info on that. Um, I just uh, zested them, being real careful not to get any of the pith in there this time, and uh, just let them soak, shook them up every couple days, and a little bit, uh, it was about four ounces of vodka, okay. and just shook them. It was almost like a paste. I had to like, squeeze it out of there. And was that more of the cuties that you zested, or was it uh, some uh, other? Just regular old uh, navel orange. Yeah. All right. Mm. You don't have to tell us the brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that that is this a question of balance that might have been more than you needed, actually. I don't know. I mean, mm. but it depends. Back to whether you're brewing this to taste or brewing for competition. You know. Um, what are you trying to do with this, beer, yeah. Chris? Yeah, where are you going with this? Tell us. Uh, I was brewing, I guess, to taste. I was trying to get my... Uh, 
wife interested in drinking a little bit of beer. Yeah, you were making chick beer. He's trying to get his wife drunk. <laughs> yeah. We have some people who will lambast you for that. But as long as you've got honorable intentions, I think it's fine. Yeah. We yeah, don't yeah. have those people here. We don't have those people here, and we don't have honorable intentions. But that's yeah. not something we have There are those people out there in the right. world, Chris, but they're no fun. Yes. And it's, well, not, yeah. Yeah. it's nice that you had the presence of mind, though, too, when your your initial taste after you know, getting to kegging, kegging time was a little low on the orange flavor. You, you beefed it up a little well, bit. Well, and, and I will say yeah. this is not like a fruit. This is not a fruit beer. You know, no. I, I didn't know what to expect because, you know, who knows if you did like a raspberry, you know, just a little raspberry flavoring or orange flavoring in this case. But you actually took the time to craft a flavorful beer that tasted like oranges. And, uh, that's cool. I, I, you know, not not many people would go to that effort. I think, and, and uh, no yeah, shortcuts. I like it. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was a good approach, man, for sure. How, how how could he uh, get it a little, you know, a little more? I don't know, uh, more wheat beer ish. Uh, I could probably drop the crystal malt I put in there. But, I think you know, that would work. Part of the reason that it might have seemed a little heavy to me was the 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 strength of it now, which is a little obvious. <laughs> And tasting it a little more too, and it, mm-hmm. it does come through underneath that orange. You get that that big beefy base style in there, and it's like, huh, is this just a, a nice little five percent wheat beer? It, it seems like more than that. And lightening it up to five five and a half percent might be a nice way to make it a little more refreshing. You know what's weird is is doing this show makes you really, <clears throat> excuse me, makes you really realize how different a beer tastes going into it blind. Versus knowing what's into it now, like like what mm-hmm. you just said, Brian is, you know, I judged it this way, but now that I heard about this, it makes sense as to why I was, you know, getting these certain flavors. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's, it's it, really it felt heavy to me, especially in, in the mouthfeel a little bit. It just yeah. was a little off in that, and it had these. It had some kind of big flavors, like wordy kind of flavor in the the malt uh, element of the flavor to me, and that. It's, that's probably why it's presenting itself that way. Is the, is some of the the beefiness of this beer? It's like, whoa! What's your uh, recipe, Chris? Um, I had about forty one percent Weirman Pilsner malt, forty one percent white wheat malt, and ten percent Crystal Ten. Okay. Do you think he needs the crystal at all? Uh, I was trying to keep it a little bit on the sweeter side, just because. Uh, you know. So you're missing eight percent there. I would maybe lighten yeah. up on that that crystal, and maybe instead of uh, relying on that to get your oh, sweetness, also yeah, a pound of sugar. Okay. Sugar. <laughs> well, that'll do. It. All right. Well, that that explains the alcohol. That's yeah. gonna beef up I mean, the alcohol. I mean, I think the crystal in a way is nice because that caramel flavor kind of helps tie the base beer and the orange oil together. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you want a little, little less caramely and sweet, you could reduce that a bit. But um, <clears throat> it's only crystal ten. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's probably fine. The one thing I would say about orange and oranges and orange oils is it's actually a really strong flavor. <clears throat> I've I've done yeah. some brewing with orange, actually with orange blossom honey, and it co- always comes to way more than I expect of the final product. Yeah, yeah, the stuff yeah. is amazingly strong. So for a beer like this, especially if you're going to go and make a tincture, what I would do is try and do a titration experiment for your addition before you commit to putting four ounces of uh, peel extract into a keg like that. What's that beer? What's the big word mean? Or basically, um, what's that big T you, you word? try and adjust how much you add. So pour a pint of your beer and maybe put like a half teaspoon of your orange oil in there or your yeah. extract. Uh-huh. Mix it in and see if it tastes right. 
And if okay. it does, okay, you can scale up, you know, a pint. You got, you know, like 40 pints in a keg, so I need 40 half teaspoons. Or if it's too much, maybe I need half of 40 teaspoons. You can try another titration. That's 20 teaspoons, right? Maybe 20 teaspoons, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. High five you, Bev. There we go. Woo-hoo. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it can help, especially if you have a tincture like that, to try and sort of do a, a small-scale pre-blend to make sure you're getting the level of, of flavor that you want. That's a good idea. Um, it, it's very easy to do with a tincture like that. And maybe let it sit, too. And, you know, Chris, I don't know what, what you did, but uh, I talked well, to... It's been sitting for a hot minute. What's that? It's been sitting since uh, about July. Third, oh, no, wow. June, sorry. No, Jesus I don't uh, think the orange Jesus. is going away. We went the from June to, the, to July to Jesus. January. Yeah. I don't think the orange January. is going away anytime January. soon. My, my orange blossom honey beers, uh, <laughs> that stuff sticks around. Well, and so working, uh, talking to, to Shay Comfort, uh, he's a, we've had him on the, the session a couple years ago. He does a lot of uh, additions and um, uh, tannin additions for wine and stuff like that. And, you know, he'll he'll do it to a cider. He'll, he'll throw some tannin in a cider, and we'll taste it, and then he'll let it sit for like a week. Just to let everything mix before he makes right. that final judgment as to what it's going to do to the to the final edition. So uh, I, I would imagine this would be something very similar, where you know you can't just taste it and go oh boom, and then that's the thing. Just let it sit for a couple of days. Yeah, that might not hurt. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm definitely picking an initial target, and if anything, shoot a little low. Yeah, and you can always adjust it up again later. Yeah, it you takes take time, it which I realize is precious, and you want to drink the beer, but you know, <laughs> if you want to nail that perfect balance, sometimes that's a good way to go. His wife's yeah. probably going, "Chris, come on, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Enough with this experiment." Yeah, uh, well, yeah. do you have any questions for the guys, Chris? Uh, no, you guys pretty much covered it. Uh, yeah. A couple of things just for fun. You could, instead of that big sugar edition, if you want to do, I wouldn't maybe do that big of a sugar edition, but maybe throw a little orange blossom honey in there just to fit the theme and have oh, some yeah. fun with that. You'll get some some of the orange blossom type flavors in there along with the orange uh, rind and uh, and, uh, and yeah. zest flavors. And it yeah. might be fun. I, I personally yeah. would back off the Crystal 20 and the strength overall a little bit just to get that base style to come through a little better as a clean American wheat beer. Um, what kind of yeast was it again? Um, <laughs> it's actually um, <laughs> some bottle dregs from some wine stuff on and a Burton IPA blend huh, okay. mixed together. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's not a weird combo at all. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. So well, we got a lager and a yeah, it worked. Ale, ale yeast working in tandem here. It definitely worked. All right, man. Well, if that's it, we'll uh, we'll let you go, and you know, keep us posted if you do this again. Uh, I'd like to to know how you adjusted and, and to you know s- see where you ended up with. Yeah. Okay. Ah, thanks for sharing. It was a fun beer. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool. Thank thanks, bud. Uh-huh. All right, man. Bye. Bye. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It was, was a very interesting beer. It, it's in, despite my thinking, it's a little out of balance. It's actually very enjoyable. I yeah. just wouldn't approach yeah. it like a regular beer. You can tell he didn't take any shortcuts. He, he had some fun with it. He put a lot of thought into it. So that's you know that's part of what makes a good beer, and you can adjust from there. If, you, if your experiment doesn't yield what you want, then just work it out or call us. So yeah, man, you know everything that he he did. His fermentation is is solid. His packaging is fine. There's yeah, no despite the interesting yeast that, that was used. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, I just did this, and hey, it worked, you know? It's I like, wish I could get to that level of my brewing, man. I, I mean, I've been brewing on this Pico brew for like four months, and I can't bring anything in because it's all <laughs> terrible because I, I, can't, I can't ferment properly. I don't know what uh-huh. it is. 
It's just uh, need it's, us to come over to your house and we'll do a, an too, on-site edition of uh, Doctor Homebrew at JP's house. What I need you to do is just is just you brew for me and then keg for me and then package for me. <laughs> like I'll give you my recipe and I'll go here you go and I'll come over and I'll push the button and then yeah. from then on then you deal with it. Bring us five gallons of work. Yeah, there's, and, there's some and then you breweries it. nearby that will actually do that for you. That'll be fun. We have a little really? competition. They'll brew for you and ferment for you and package for you. Yeah, but you to, but but you, but you can't use your recipe, can you? Yeah, well, it depends who you group. are. <laughs> okay, I guess. you're not tasty though, so no, God. you can't use your recipe. <laughs> no, I'm not. no, no, well, whatever. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a break, and then uh, we're gonna come back, and we're gonna go over uh, Daniel's ESB, I believe, and, and uh, Daniel and his buddy are in the studio, and uh, I don't know. We're gonna maybe take our shirts off and get weird. Who knows? It's Doctor Homebrew. Mm-hmm. Stay with us. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. 
High Gravity Home Brewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking with us. Dr. Homebrew, coming into the second segment, we have Daniel and Jesse in the studio. But before we get to them, I want to tell you about the AHA. What is that, you ask? Uh, uh, inquisitorily? made up that word that's the american homebrewers association go to uh, homebrewersassociation.org and uh, become a member of the aha you get uh zymer g issues which is a homebrewing magazine in case you didn't know uh you, but uh, more importantly you get to support a uh, an organization that fights for your rights to to be a homebrewer uh which are under fire every day uh maybe not every day but, but probably a good third of the week and there so, have you know, been some challenges and you know California and in the Northwest you know, over the past years, and they've legalized it in a lot of states. It hasn't yeah. been, you know, and they're they're right side by side with the brewers in those areas and those communities, fighting with them and helping them out. For sure, I mean, you know, and then the AHA are, are are really supporting the uh, those people who are trying to raise the alcohol limit in certain states and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, they so. they raise visibility of these issues and get people to write letters to to state congress people, and it really makes a difference. I've written some letters, and friends of mine have, who otherwise probably wouldn't have without you know, getting the word out like they do. So, yeah, it's a great organization. So check them out, please. The American Homebrewers Association. Uh, of course, they also put on the National Homebrewers Conference and uh, which is in San Diego this year in uh, June. Oh, yeah. And uh, I will be there, of course. Beverly will be there as well. I will be there. Looking great as usual. You look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, be there, too. You're going to look fantastic? Not that anyone cares. Yes. But that's all right. Y- you'll look fantastic also. See, there you go. Don't uh, fret, Lee. Yeah, you take I'm some fretting. beauty tips from Bev. You'll be right up there. You're right up there, right, right below Brian. I don't well, know how those, those up there you'll be. I'm sure can't fail, but you need good starting material. <laughs> That's true. Yes. You probably should yes. get a, a decent foundation to start with. Right. I just bought some new foundation, so I could really, I can make this happen. <laughs> okay. Makeover. <laughs> It'll be fantastic. I'm time to grow a beard. Surprise! Lee didn't come back with a little, a little Euro makeover after his trip there recently. That's right. We, we that was all in my liver. Totally ah. failed on talking about your your little uh, Belgium yeah. excursion. I had a Belgium excursion. Yeah. It's it was fun. good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah? Yes. Tara and I are thinking about doing that for a honeymoon, but I just, I don't know. It's expensive, man. It's cheaper now than it usually yeah. is because yeah. the dollar is strong. Um, and if you look, you can scare up some good ticket prices mm-hmm. for airlines. Mm-hmm. And if you're cheap, 
as I know you are. Yeah. Um, you know, you can do Airbnb and find places to stay that way rather than paying 200 bucks a night for a hotel room. Yeah, so... Taryn's cousin it works for Intel, and apparently after 10 years, they make you take like a two-month sabbatical. Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. So he's just backpacking through Europe, and awesome. he's doing this all right now. And he's like, it's Airbnb, man. It's just, yeah, it's I the did greatest. that while I was over yeah. there. It's great. You can get some nice rooms that way if you, if you look carefully. Do you root through people's like you know dressers and shit? I can't I would totally do that. that. I would totally do that. The question is, did they do that to you? But, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> they might. I survived. <laughs> you did? Yes. Maybe. I don't Nobody know. Nobody stole any of my clothing except for the airline. Oh, really? You oh, lost? they lost my bags the whole time. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So what did you do for, you know, like chonies and stuff? I had to go to the department store and buy socks and underwear. You did? Yeah. Oh. I am not kidding. I was already planning to buy a bunch of T-shirts at different breweries, so that worked that out well. <laughs> right. Out yeah. Well. And your Airbnb, you can just go home and wash them. Right. Yeah, people have a laundromat right there. Well, I didn't. I wasn't there long enough to actually need that. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've got some. I've got some wonderful new European socks <laughs> that look just like my American socks. Are they European cut? They're just a low cut sock, or no? They're, oh, okay. they're, they're they're cheap socks. They're all the same. <laughs> they're just uh, sold somewhere else. They all come uh, off the same loom or press or whatever. This is funny. To sock me. loom. And the question of what shirt am I going to wear tomorrow is answered by, well, what brewery did I visit today? <laughs> yeah. Super easy. I love that. And there that. you go. You yeah. can see which one I'm wearing today. Your Cantillon shirt. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Did the walking tour. It was great. Check out the cool ship and yeah. all the old barrels and the cobwebs. And nice. Do a little tasting. And How was, was it? It was great. Oh, it was very nice. Yeah? Yeah. How hard is it to just not extend your trip by a day and just stay there? That would be my... I, mean, yeah. I would just want to stay there the whole time. You mean like never come back? Well, uh, maybe not never come... Maybe never come back, but more just of like... Um, I don't know. Oh, you know, we we could go on to Cologne or I don't know wherever. I don't know Europe from. Kansas. We're gonna stay at Cantillon. But yeah, yeah like uh, let's not do that. Just stay here for an extra day. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on what the airline's gonna give you for a deal for or a non-deal for extending your ticket, changing your ticket. Yeah, I haven't tried that. Was that to me? That's a temptation. That wouldn't be a temptation for yeah. me. Hmm. No, right. well, no. You probably just I bought a bunch back. of bottles and brought them along I, with I you. I was then. out of vacation time. Yeah, I had to come back. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. Went and did the the, the self tour at Cantillon and went down to uh, Dreyfontaine and oh, yeah? ate in the cafe. And we actually got a tour there from Armand, which was great. We were nice. we were set up through that through some some connections with some of the people I went with. And, awesome. Um, got the personal guided tour through there, and you know got. Got sips out of the barrels and and bottles of Creek, and it's just great. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Yeah. And then we went to Antwerp and spent a couple nights sitting at the Culminator, went out to the West Mall, the cafe across from the West Mall Monastery. Oh, yeah. Did you drink fresh triple? Did you get my uh, Westie Six? Can you mule any home for me? So West West Laterra, we went. Uh, no, they didn't have any bottles at oh. all for sale. Oh man! I did buy a five five pound wheel of cheese and brought it back, but it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> now I was bummed. They had no beer for sale off premise. They had wow. everything on tap. Okay. Um, or in bottles that are pouring behind the bar, actually. I think no no growler stuff. fills either, Nothing I guess. Nothing to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That hey, was dude, bummer. I brought my growler. Can you fill it up, man? <laughs> do they do growlers? In, I, mean, I, I mean, that's probably a dumb question, but... I didn't see any anywhere. To me, growler fills are an American a Very thing. American thing. Yeah. And I don't know why, just because that's, that's my frame of reference, so, yeah. you know... Yeah. Uh, or maybe at least England, but I can't imagine going to France and getting a growler fill of... Yeah. IPA or whatever. I don't yeah, know. A growler full of French, French IPA. style. Right. Yeah, I don't know. A growler full of Saison or Beardyguard. Yeah. <laughs> we went to a craft beer festival. 
oh. which was all Belgium and British breweries doing American style IPAs and stouts. Oh, I bet that, <laughs> that was, was amazing for you. Yeah. yeah, it was like, well, yeah, yeah, they, they almost got that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were quite good, though. Actually, I, I gotta say, yeah, really, definitely latch, latch on. Yeah, yeah, American style craft beer is is spreading through Europe right now. You're an American, you must like this stuff. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah, but I didn't fly over here to drink that. I'm going back west for turn. Yeah, so <laughs> I was talking to uh, our friend UK Phil, who who runs Beer Merchant. In, in the UK, obviously. And, uh, you know, he's like, I'm like, w- give me some tips on drinking in London or like some places to go in England or whatever. Oh, I don't know. Lots of places. Just to plan for it. And he goes, well, it depends on what you want. And I'm like, I don't want, I'm not going to England to drink a modern craft beer. I'm going to drink right. ESB then, by right. the 20 Then get the camera class. app on your phone and yeah. go where it tells you pretty much. My phone uh, you comes can get with some a camera, tips though. on the better ones. But, sorry? No, I said my phone comes with a camera. I don't need to get like another. Like C-A-M-R-A. A, C-A-M-R-A. Oh. Campaign for Real Ale. Look it up. Oh, Those it up. are the guys who do the traditional beer, the traditional bitters, <laughs> and they rate all the pubs, and they can tell you where the good ones are for that. Okay. That, that's a good way to start. If you've got someone over there who knows what the best of those are, then that's even better. They take axes yeah. and they smash icy cold Budweiser displays, too, I think. Like, don't they? Like Before modern, each outing? Well, you know, Wim- I haven't beer. actually seen that, but I'd be happy to participate. Wimpy beer prohibitionists. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll, smash, I, I'll smash anything. I, I just like breaking stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fun. And then light it on fire. I've got a couple of pens here for you. Thanks. Perfect. Smash those and get ink all over the room. <laughs> They've already been smashed. I know why yeah. that ink is all down in there. Yeah. All and right. we toured a few other breweries, too. It was nice. Like uh, cool. Destruis and uh, Dadal. Dadal was awesome if you ever get a chance to go there. Yeah. Some tiny little town outside again. Of course. Great place to go. Really? Yeah. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. There's such cool people there. That's good. Yeah. Good beer. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, I did. Sounds, sounds like a great experience. And then I had to come back here. <laughs> And do radio with us. That's uh, true. I know. Right? Uh, yeah, that's not so bad. This is the, <laughs> this is the high point. There you coming go. Coming back here. Right. Mm. All right. Well, we have Daniel and Jesse in the studio. Fellas, how you doing? All hey, good. we're doing pretty good. Thank you. Thanks for uh, coming all the way out here from wherever you live. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. They far, live, far they away. Live in uh, in uh, Peter Dinkland. Oh, that's right. You guys are Peter Munoz uh, Brewers, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah he helps or you out. Know him yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's been a big help to us. Smart guy. Yeah, ugliest sin, but smart dude, right? <laughs> he definitely knows what he's doing. He does know. He does know that. <laughs> and his his that. kid can probably yeah. kick all of our asses. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Oh, yeah. I don't even so, mess yeah. with that guy. No. Man. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Actually, if you want your Westy Six clone, go to go to Pete. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh-huh. he and I've talked about it. Yeah, I he's actually haven't had it in a while. He, he, he's got pretty damn close. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. He has. He's a better fermenter. See, again, I, I my Belgian pale was, was sort of modified at that, but Don't I can't... Don't measure Pete by your failings. I can't get the... It's not fair to him. Oh, no, it's totally fair to him. It gives him a head... <laughs> uh, but I can't get that crispness in the in the hot... I just I can't do light beers. I don't know. So I just, uh, I'll just let Pete, Peter, brew it for me. If you can get him to do that, you're doing well. <laughs> Hey, Pete, you want to brew JP a beer? Another Westy Six Club. We'd all like it. Right. Bring it in. Uh, so you guys brought in an ESB. Yeah, sort of. Sort of? Yeah. It, it, it was ESB, but it's like, uh, you know, full of, you know, heroin or what? Uh, pr- pr- pretty much. Pretty which, much. Yeah. which letter is off? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a compromise beer. And, okay. Uh, we... We tried to make uh, a dual batch out of this one, and uh, it, w- it was going to be half a pale ale and half an ESB with a different dry hopping schedule and different yeasts. Okay. And so, and I tried to just oh. make the best of both worlds. 
Okay. All right. And do you guys brew together? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're all part of the same brewing company. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, which is what? Do you want to give a little shout out to your club? Well, it, it's the Brethren Brewing Company, and it's just a bunch of guys from our church, and uh, we all brew together and just have a really good time doing it. And nice. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah, it works pretty well. How long have you guys been brewing? Five years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah five or six years, seriously. There was a time where we probably were on a hiatus for about a year and a half because... We just didn't know what we were doing, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, and, and we've been doing all grain for, I would say, probably two to three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. And I heard you talking before the, the show, you're married to your own sisters. Uh, yeah. How, how, does that, how does that even work? I don't think church? it's quite like that. I no? don't even pretend it's, to even understand no, how they're no. married to each other's sisters. Yeah. No, it, our, I thought he said I married my sister. Our, yeah, right. Oh. My, my sister wife. That's and a it's religious weird. way of calling you. Yeah, women. right. It's yeah. strange. My sister. Sister's I married cousin, her. Right roommate or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it, our wives are sisters. See, and you're not the first pair of brewing buddies that have had that. Remember the, right, the, yeah. the dudes? Oh, yeah. In fact, and they were married to twins. Oh, which our wives are definitely weirder. not twins. No, I yeah. tell you no, that. Our wives look way different. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine like uh, sitting there across from my friend who, and then is looking at basically a mirror image of my wife. That would I would be jealous. Quite the opposite in this situation. No, yeah. Wondering if they've swapped on you or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like who mm-hmm. is what's going on? Uh, okay, well let's drink your ESB. All right. You guys want to bust that open? All right. Which is uh, <laughs> what did you do? The warm test or the cold test? It was the oh. cold test. The cold test. All right. Well, well he was going to go with the warm, but then it warmed up for another. <laughs> yeah, 20 we've minutes. been talking for twenty minutes, so it's time. Yeah. To, it was time to go for the colder one. I love ESB. It's my new style. That's what I've been trying to brew on the Pico Brew forever, and I just you know every time I oh where, bring it in. I need to. I, actually, I, I have another batch that I uh, I need to keg. I haven't kegged in a while, and uh, I'll bring it in. But uh, I, I, I think it's my new favorite style. Yeah, ESBs are fun. All right, Lee, since uh, Brian did the uh, the honors on the last segment, why don't you t- start us off here, would you? All right. An aroma. It does have an aroma. Uh, candied orange, kind of or almost a marmalade kind of uh, aroma ester to it. Uh, some caramely, caramely malt. Um, those are both kind of the, the dominant, especially the ester, actually. At least initially, it was kind of the dominant aroma. A little bit of a bready malt character to it as well. Uh, medium, low, spicy floral hops. This is kind of a nice supporting rote. Uh, note had some stone fruit, some cherry esters as it warmed up a bit. Maybe just a whisper of diacetyl. It was really threshold. I wasn't 100% sure it was there. And uh, the warmer it gets, I also started getting some more almost kind of tropical kind of uh, esters in it, sort of like a bruised fruit, tropical pineapple sort of thing, which seemed a little out of place. I don't know if it was a ferment ester or if you guys slipped some American hops in there while you're doing your pale ale brew, side of the brew or something. Uh, I could see it coming from there. Um, appearance. Pours an off-white foam, uh, mostly fine, fades slowly to a light cover. It's a little bit of a haze to it, at least the bottle we looked at. Yeah, this one does too. It's, it's not quite clear. Uh, amber color. It's a pretty beer. It could be a little clearer. Otherwise, it looks about right <coughs> uh, for an ESB. Um, for the flavor, medium-high spicy floral hops with a little bit of a leafy edge to them. Uh, medium-high bittering over a medium brady caramel malt base. The bitter is a bit roughed, in my opinion, and that lingers into the finish, comes out a little bit more. Um, had a little kind of orange and cherry ester to it as well. Finishes almost dry with a, a very hop-forward lingering, uh, very hop-forward kind of character in the finish. Lingering caramel notes and perhaps, again, just a whisper of diacetyl in there. Um, 
For the mouthfeels, a medium body and carbonation, which is probably fine for a bottle version of an ESB. Um, not hot or alcoholic at all. A little bit of drying astringent character to the from the kind of rough bittering that was in there. Uh, it didn't really finish very cleanly on that front. Uh, medium creaminess is pretty to style on the mouthfeel, except for that rough, rough hop edge to it. Overall, I think it's a nice medium body English type malt and hop flavors uh, for the most part, although there's probably some other hop flavors in there. Um, a touch of English ferment character to it. Um, the bittering and to a lesser but not zero degree, the flavor for the hops I thought was rough making it not such a pleasant session drinker. And that's kind of the whole point of these beers. They should be a real session beer. You can chug it back. There's nothing there that's going to make you stop or slow down or think it's 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 not so great. Um, but that really is about the only real problem with it, I thought. Um, so for, I mean, for that rough hop character, uh, you know, maybe be careful with water treatments. If you're adding magnesium, don't or add less because that can really bring out the wrong... The wrong part of uh, the hop bittering can make it pretty rough. Make sure you got fresh hops, maybe a nice cohum- low cohumulum kind of hop. Um, don't use a real rot. No, don't don't bitter these things with Chinook or anything <laughs> like that. You know, you stick yeah. with a British hop if you want to get that right, even for the bittering. Or if you want an American one, you know, something really clean like a Magnum or a Warrior maybe would work fine. You don't need that much of it at that point. Um, maybe a little lower IBU. Too. Um, I'm not really sure on that one. I think if the hop wasn't so rough, the IBU levels in this would probably be fine. Um, and that's that, that's really most of my feedback on this. I, I think it was pretty close to being a really nice beer, but that roughness just kind of pulls it out of being a nice session drinker. Uh, but I gave it a 30 points. You know, I didn't think it was out of style. It just has some a couple of things that need to be fixed about how yeah how you went about making it. I think. Uh, but let's find out, Brian. What do you think? <laughs> yes, um, a lot of the same uh, things as you said will apply on my sheet as well here. But uh, it does, you know, it starts off with kind of a pleasant low caramel malt note with some bready undertones. It definitely has some maltiness to it there uh, that does come through pretty cleanly. Uh, medium kind of generic fruity esters in there. Um, it, it does have a pretty high hop aroma. I, I did notice a lot of. Uh, again, floral and kind of earthy and spicy hops and, and uh, pretty pretty sharp hop character in there. But, yeah, no uh, no DMS or, or diacetyl. I didn't get any, any butteriness in, in my uh, tasting notes here. But appearance-wise, it was a pretty, pretty beer, nice deep gold color, only a light bit of haze to it, a medium off-white head that fades fairly quickly to a, a collar and a low cover in the middle of the beer there, uh, and mostly fine bubbles. It's a pretty beer. looks looks like an English beer. Uh, Flavor-wise, the malt is uh, fruity and lightly caramelly. The hop bitterness is is medium high, and, and it's with the dry finish that it has. It and uh, the probable the the mineral additions that are that seem to be in here, it comes across as being kind of chalky tasting and harsh. The hop presentation is a little rough, um, and it's mostly the the bitterness. It's not like late hop character. Has a to me, I found a medium low uh, phenolic in there. Has a light, light uh, medicinal and uh, plasticky kind of band aid like flavor in there that detracted from it a little bit. I noticed it more in the first sample than this one. I don't know if it was a bottle issue, but this one seems to have it really lightly. Or else 
Is that really the strong orange beer has taken the taste out of my mouth? <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Way to go, Chris. <laughs> Everything tastes like orange peel now. Uh, but yeah, the malt, and, and I'm getting some of the phenols again. They, they linger, in, linger in the aftertaste a little bit if you just, it dries out, and then what's left is just you get that. that I do smell orange. The now. sweet malt and, and a little phenolic kind of I'm sure. I'm sure it's not the beer, but I'm sure that, that last beard. Yeah. Well, it's, it's stuck, your hat. Stuck to your tongue. I can smell colors. So, yeah, body-wise, medium-light body, no detectable warmth, uh, not very creamy. I'm uh, getting a little bit of astringency from the hops in this one, and it had kind of medium carbonation, so not, not too bad there, but uh, you could reduce that astringency. Uh, and again, it's probably from the hops and, and combined with some of those uh, whatever mineral additions might have been in the water here that, that might have been a little overdone. So feedback-wise, you know, the overall impression, it hits a lot of the marks for the style, as a decent ESB, uh, the two main issues would be the, the phenolic to me. Number one, you want to watch your sanitation cleaning practices at all stages, especially after the beer cools down and change out any soil or damaged or uh, old plastic equipment, especially the tubing that you're transferring things with or siphons, things like that. Just get rid of that stuff once every, you know, if you brew a lot, once every six to nine months or, you know, a year if you don't brew as often. Um and and I would say reduce those mineral additions second and just get rid of that intensely chalky impression. It it seems well brewed otherwise. Good ingredients and I'd say keep up the good work and, and the good brewing. But yeah, you could use some some possible recipe adjustments to kind of reduce the overall hop harshness and the, the impression of the hops that's coming across and make it a smoother, uh more proper to the English style kind of a beer. I rated it as a, a twenty eight out of fifty. I thought it was a pretty good beer. But um, yeah, thanks for sharing it. Cool, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Um, what do you guys think? Are these guys full of shit or what? Yeah, you know, go ahead. I'll let you start first. Oh yeah, I talk you're, a lot. you're full of it. That's for sure. No, <laughs> no. Uh, you know, we we actually don't right on. do too much with our water. Um, uh, living in the Central Valley, uh, mm-hmm. we have really interesting well water, and so that's a fifty-fifty RO and uh, filtered tap. Wow. Water. Okay. And so, but we have very chalky water, and and I think that a lot of probably, carbonate and a lot of oh yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's almost most of us don't even drink it. No, brackish no really, it has yeah, to we be don't. Filtered. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it has it to be filtered. It's not the yeah. best at all. Yeah, um, the, my only other thought would be, what did we because we dry hop this beer, and what did we dry hop it with? And it's EKG, the East Kent Goldings. Yeah, okay. And so. Um, and and that was actually the only English hop we used in the whole thing. Yeah, I saw that when like, I was glancing yeah, at the recipe. We, we used uh, Cascade and Citra uh, exclusively yeah. because, like I said, it was a compromise beer. And so I was trying to fit two styles with, with one one beer, you know? Yeah, the hop character was a little funky. But if you use the English yeast with it, that might, you know, smooth that out, make a little fruity edge to it, the English style kind of cover up some of that American yeast in. So, so yeah. yeah, and that's that, actually kind of another interesting, really, uh, story, is we went to the AHA rally at Magnolia, and uh-huh. they gave uh-huh. out some 002 of their strain, Yeah, and that's what we used. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah, that's and how so we were... That's brewery what, pitch. Yeah, yeah. That's, then okay. that's what we ended up brewing with. That's how we got our pale ale and this ESB, is we just... It's basically the same malt profile and everything. It's just the yeast that we used uh, when we were fermenting it. It was the only different part. Other, right. Was that correct, Daniel? Brewmaster yeah. Daniel? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it, you know, it was really interesting. About three to four weeks in, uh, this beer had a very strong raspberry taste. And mm, it, is, yeah. it has dropped out of it. 
That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, you can get that from that yeast. Yeah. Raspberry, yeah. strawberry. Really? Yeah. It, was, it was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, this tastes a lot better now when I drink it here than, you know, than like a week after we kegged it. <laughs> and it was like, man, it's so hoppy. It almost doesn't. <laughs> my only experience with an ESB is like a Red Hook. Mm. You know, their uh-huh. ESB. Okay. It, yeah. That's about it, you know, because I don't. Well, typically you, you go can, out and buy that. You, you could actually go to Magnolia and drink their beer. Yeah. <laughs> they usually have at least one bitter on and often yeah. more than that. Yeah. Often yeah. on cask, too. There are uh, locally brewed versions around there. Whether they're, you know, how close to real they are is, is, is sometimes a matter of debate. I think Magnolia is all right. Um, Freewheel down in Redwood City specializes okay. in this stuff. Um, if you ever get to uh, Van Nuys okay. in L.A., go to McLeod. Okay. They're all cask beer. Their ESB is delicious. It's the most delicious. Nice. It's, nice. It has all of the deliciousness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the hop the hop bill in here, looking at the recipe now, kind of explains a lot of things. I mean, I definitely get that EKG character in here that you dry hopped with, that kind of spicy floral thing. But the cascade you bitter with probably explains some of that roughness. And the citra and cascade is probably where some of that crazy tropical fruit, fruitiness in here is mm-hmm. coming from. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's not English hops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah guidelines though, the BJCP you does say that in the aroma and the flavor you can use any variety of hops. You Although yeah. the UK is the most traditional, you want you want those those earthy floral kind of hops in there. Yeah. Just like those, and uh, I've had bitters yeah. over in England where they definitely did use American hops. It was pretty obvious. I mean, it was yeah. cascade in your face. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was also presented as it such. brewed yeah. there, and it how, tasted a How does different. that work with, the, with a, a like heavier crystal malt? I would think it'd be a little clashy. I think the beer that I remember the most didn't have a particularly heavy, heavy crystal malt character. It was, it was mm. a paler version. Okay. A little bit lighter. Mm. So it, it worked fine. Works good. Yeah. Okay. All right. It was the I don't remember who made it. it. Was the infamous Yankee Rooster, which was this was probably ten years ago. I had it, uh, but it was huh. it was uh, um, a bitter that was made with Cascades. Cool. Yeah. I see that this beer dried out to ten oh five. There. Yeah. Oh, wow. So <laughs> that, was happy. That's the other. No. Well, <laughs> that's the other thing that kind of happened is uh, we found out that our thermometer <laughs> was seven degrees off. Oh, and so, which way? Uh, on the low high side. Or low. On low. low. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. For your we, mash? We, yeah. Okay. So yeah. we were shooting for 154. I think we got 152. You're down at 147 and, or something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so they, they, yeah, they've both fermented like super low. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know, and, yeah. and, and I emailed you before it was done fermenting. So, okay. you know, I thought, right. hey, this can be a great beer. I'm going to put this one on the radio. Yeah. 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 We have since fixed that problem. Yes. I fixed the problem. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to calibrate it. Thing. Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, you have to do it. It's yeah. one of those yeah. uh, those oft missed things yeah. that uh, you know can add havoc to your. And brewery. after years yeah. of brewing, you'll just feel like feel the mash. It's like this isn't right. Yeah. Give me some ice water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we don't have a super duper sophisticated system. You know, what I mean, we just do it in a garage with a yeah. turkey fryer, basically. Yeah. You sure. know, kind of thing. We batch but, sparge. Yeah, and, you know, pretty much the cheapest way you can do it is the way yeah. we do it. Because we got some uh, people in the. Company who don't want to put any money into it. So. Yeah. No, you send your value. Yeah, that's but that's they, understandable. That happens. Yeah, you know but, you know, they still want those if caps. you're going to use a thermometer, you should check and make sure it's reading fairly, yeah. reasonably yeah. accurately. That's cheap. Yeah. That's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have to save all your money for bottled water. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, my gosh. Right? It's a pain. Uh, can we run down your recipe right. real fast? Yeah, sure. You can just fill up a bunch of buckets from the hose out back while you're here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's hetchy water, right? There you go. We don't even know these days, actually, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is for a 11-gallon uh, batch. We used um, 
16, 16 and a half pounds uh, Maris Otter. We used one pound, four ounces of uh, Crystal Lady. We used one pound, six ounces of Munich tin. Uh, we used one pound, six ounces of Victory. And we used about 15 ounces of wheat in it. And then at 60 minutes, we used uh, about 2.6 ounces of Cascade. At 10 minutes, we used another ounce of Cascade and an ounce of Citra. At uh, Flame Out, we used two ounces. And then we dry hopped with EKG um, at about seven days. And so um, we used WLP002 on this. and uh, Big healthy pitch. Huge healthy pitch. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even use the whole thing because I would have overpitched. Oh, and, wow. But it was yeah. really interesting. It took two days to wake up, even though with that huge oh. pitch. Oh. Because it had been sitting for about three weeks, it took two weeks to wake up. Uh, the pale ale that I used, you know, my my stir plate on, uh, started within like six hours. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy yeah. when that happened. Yeah. Do you remember what the, the the temperature was? Was there a temperature differential between the the yeast that you pitched into the the wort? Or uh, yeah, there there had to be. One was room temperature, and yeah. one was probably about fifty fifty five when I pitched the yeast into the wort. And so, and then they're both in the same kind of yeah. chest freezer, mm-hmm. and that uh, can come into play too. Yeah. Like, oh, whoa. Hey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you know, it, it, thinking back, I probably should have left it out i've, I've made mistakes like that too it's like why did i drop this you know yeah yep. <laughs> my beer is at 78 here and i just pitched it anyway what yeah. the heck yeah. that's right yeah well usually because we brew at night too so it's like 10 o'clock comes rolling around and we're like whatever your beer's at you yeah right whatever it doesn't matter for yeah. sure well remember marshall we had on a few shows ago he's yeah. done experiments that yeah it's like people can't tell he does a triangle, triangle test, test with that, and one of them was yeah. that 10 degree differential yep so yeah but maybe I mean, it's matter. different if you've got your yeast and your beer war equilibrated with at least a similar temperature and you do that yeah. versus you know pulling it out of the fridge and dumping right. it into <laughs> beer, right you're gonna shock the hell out of it yeah absolutely absolutely uh do you guys have any questions for the uh uh, handsome men over here you know I, I i i guess i'm just a little bit concerned that you got some band-aid in it um i we have pretty what i consider fairly clean practices you know and so we um, did brew a galaxy pale ale that was just pretty uh, much undrinkable was, yeah, <laughs> yeah we took it to some guy in modesto and they were like yeah let's just pour this down the drain yeah oh, it worth drinking right in front of you yeah guys. it was pretty like it had a lot of that kind of medicinal kind of taste to it so okay. we haven't had one since then but yeah we, we yeah. tried really hard to uh what's that from it we didn't get it from it it's it can be from wild yeast or from uh you know other other things and in, in kind of uh contaminating your beer it could be but from plastic or rubber. it could also be my imagination <laughs> honestly because there was like there there's some there's a form of harshness to this beer from the hops and the the minerally character of the water that just make the the flavors in there a little hard to place in some ways so uh i wasn't 100 percent sure about that phenolic but i just wanted to mention it and on the second sample, I really didn't taste it as much. On the first one, it was also the, I think it was the first beer we tasted, and, and sometimes that, that can throw you a little curveball, too, as a judge. When you're, your first beer, you have to be really careful how you judge it, because sometimes you can get something that's like, that's really sub-threshold that, that just pops out at you, yeah, or might not even be there that you're trying to um, figure out what it is. And, and uh, so, yeah, that, that could be... I, I really th- felt like I got on the first bit, and I'm and I'm kind of sensitive to phenolics. So if it's something that creeps up over time as the beer ages, then yeah, it's there. If it doesn't, if it just kind of stays like it tastes now or mellows out even more, then it probably was just a figment of my imagination. 
I didn't think okay. we were allowed to have those. I'll give them that. It's you know, <laughs> sure. They seem to be smart gentlemen that know what they're doing in the brew house. So we'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. Okay, fair enough. Anything else? No, I'm good. Man, I, uh, this is awesome. Thank okay, you. I mixed a little Perfect. bit of it with that, like the last of that orange sample. It actually makes it sound. Maybe we should get with that guy and kind of do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sounds like it. Orange oil bitter with American hops. <laughs> we'll mill out your orange beer with our. <laughs> what category is that? Specialty or fruit beer? What? It would probably be a specialty at this point. Homebrew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Homebrew Home category. Brew. Perfect. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break uh, on that note, and then when we come back, we'll do um, a little recap. We'll issue the awards from uh, Grog Tag and uh, High Gravity Brew, and uh, we'll get out of here. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Homebrew, back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today admit it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes. With the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. Attention, home brewers! If you like making labels for your handcrafted awesomeness and wish more people could see how great you are, then check this out. GrogTag, the makers of custom reusable labels and craftbeerandbrewing.com are hosting the first ever National Homebrew Label Awards. The top 10 labels will be featured at the 2015 National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego to more than 5,000 attendees and more than $2,500 in prizes will be awarded. If you've created a label at any time in the past year, you're eligible to enter. GrogTag and Craft Beer and Brewing have teamed up with great sponsors like More Beer and the Brewing Network to make this competition a great one to enter. Submit your entries between March 1st and June 1st for your chance at fortune and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com That's homebrewlabelawards.com Submit your label entries today. Good luck, and we'll see you in San Diego. 
beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide. Plus, enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com, the brewer's banter blogs, beer education, how to host a beer tasting, and the invaluable draft quality manual. Tons of great content that makes your beer better. Visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion, camaraderie, and creativity of the craft beer community. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us through a rather long Dr. Homebrew episode. An Earth Day edition. <laughs> the Earth Day edition. Right. Exactly right. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. No. And I that, guess we're not going to. No, we're not going we're to. We're done. Except for Brian's snafu there. You just... I drew little planet Earths on each of the score sheets, though. So Great. <laughs> All right. Are they smiling? They should They're be. spinning. Why wouldn't they be? Still, I think you're spinning. Brian's cut off. By There's the way, a global spinning, spinning reduction is in effect, though, so we have to watch out. <laughs> we shouldn't. We shouldn't spin anymore. Don't spin so fast. That's too bad. Well, I don't know. You're gonna have to tell the clubbers that we're a club into that last uh, commercial we had. Yeah. Uh, okay. Real quick, let's uh, let's blaze through this and get out of here. So we had uh, Chris on the first segment, and Daniel and Jesse are still in the studio. So as for the grog tag, forty dollar. At least your beer will look good. Gift certificate that we tongue and cheekily give out to the uh, beer with the lowest score. It's Daniel and Jesse. Yeah. There you go. The best of the worst. I'm okay with that. What, uh, what score did we give him? Or by we, I mean you. Uh, I think it was average uh, 30. Okay. So by like two points, you yeah. guys lost. Which I'm is okay with that. Which is pretty good. Maybe. 29. 29. Yeah. yeah. 29. Okay. So by three points. You guys lost. Which it is, wasn't much because the By other one was points. only yeah. like we gave it thirty-two or three points. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a close race. Cool. Our friends at grogtag.com will want your beer to at least look good. So I will uh, get you that information a little bit later on. And that means Chris is the winner of our high gravity um, 
uh, pack. I don't even know what to call it. A gift pack or something, right? Something to make his beer even more high gravity than it already is, right? Yeah, sure. Desiree at uh, High Gravity Homebrew. You can check her out at highgravitybrew.com. Uh, she's a great sponsor of the show, relatively recent, and we love her for it. And uh, she gives out some pretty cool prizes. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, glad, we're glad that you're here, Desiree. And a free uh, case of orange oil from or- Orange Oil Importers Limited yeah. in Berkeley. Shangzhou, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> China. Yes. Uh, is that it? Did we do all our people? Yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody, for sharing their beers uh, and, and the guys for coming in the studio. It was a lot of fun having you here. Thank oh, you. I, yeah. I do have one. I'm sorry. I do have one more thing to read because uh, uh, there is a craft beer festival happening in Livermore. May 9th, Friday. No, not Friday. That says festival. Saturday. Festival, May 9th, uh, 2015, from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Shrine Event Center, which is on Lindbergh Avenue in Livermore. I'm sure everybody knows where that is. Uh, local breweries, gourmet food, live music. Uh, they're going to have unlimited pours, which is really the way to go for, for festivals. Uh, small charge for food, live music, and all of that raises funds for the Shriners Hospital Transportation Fund. It's a $40 pre-sale or $50 ticket at the door. There's a VIP ticket available for sale, which is uh, 65 bucks, which includes early entry and a t-shirt and a bag and coupons and goodies and all that kind of stuff. You can go to uh, Livermore Valley Craft Beer Festival dot com. They're also on Facebook. There's uh, also going to be some uh, homebrew port at that, at that festival by the Mad Zymerges Homebrew Club. Oh, nice. Of which I'm a member. And, That's right. Uh, Go taste Brian's beer. You may taste some of my beer. Yeah, there. and then you can just sit there and go, I mean, I would give it you the know, Brogtag certificate, yeah, but I wouldn't I give the High Gravity Homebrew You might want to packet. drop the crystal a little bit in this and raise your mash temperature. <laughs> and I think there's phenolic in the background. And then pour sure. it on his feet and walk away. Anyway, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye.